Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How you doing, Red Sox fans? Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the starting pitching. I'm liking the starting pitching for the Red Sox this year. We're going to dive all into the starting How you doing, Red Sox fans? Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. In this episode, we're going to dive into the starting pitching as we continue to preview the 2023 Red Sox. How you doing, everyone? Welcome to episode 30 of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. That is a little bit of a milestone there. The big 3-0. We just continue to get these episodes on out to all of you, uh, wherever you are listening, whether that's here on YouTube, I put all the episodes on my YouTube channel, uh, but you can also listen to this in podcast format as well, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, however you listen to your podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the starting pitching here. I'm liking the starting pitching for the Red Sox this year. You know, I think there's a lot of potential for it. I think there are a lot of question marks with this rotation, but I do think there is a potential for a very high ceiling in this Red Sox rotation. Now, uh, we're continuing on with our previews for the 2023 Red Sox. I did discuss the offense in the last episode, so if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Uh, I talked about the lineup. I, I gave a lineup that I thought was appropriate. Uh, I kind of just do, did a little dive on you know each of the players in that lineup, so make sure to go check that out if you haven't. So I'll do the starting pitching here in this episode. Next episode, I'll probably talk the bullpen, and then another episode, I'll probably talk prospects you know just strictly focus on you know the farm I uh, just I think there I think there's a a good amount to talk about when it comes to the prospects so be on the lookout for that episode as well and then eventually you know I'll, I'll do an episode on my predictions for the Red Sox this year so uh, make sure that you're keeping an eye out for all of these episodes. Make sure uh, if you are here on YouTube, if you can subscribe to the channel, like the video if you can. And if you are listening to this, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, it would go uh, so very, very far. If you can leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. Share the podcast with anyone you know, that would be amazing as well. Enough of me rambling here. Let's get into this episode. But before I do get to the episode, we do got to go over today's sponsor, and that is Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC 
and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Alrighty, now all the rambling there is done. Let's get to it here. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Like I said, there's a lot of question marks with this rotation, but I think there's a pretty high ceiling with this Red Sox starting pitching staff as well. Now, let's start off here on Fangraphs. You all know I love me some Fangraphs. As of right now, they're projecting the Red Sox to have the 13th highest uh, or the 13th best starting pitching. Uh, if we're taking a look at individual Fangraph wars, they're giving Chris Sale a 2.6. They're giving Garrett Whitlock a 2.6 as well. They're giving Brian Bayo a 1.6. Corey Kluber a 1.7. Nick Pavetta a 1.4. And uh, James Paxton a 1.5. And there's a few other guys like Tanner Howe, Cutter Crawford, Brian Mata, Brandon Walter, who have a few uh, points as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go picture by picture here. I'm going to just walk through this rotation. And where I am going to start is a guy who uh, a lot of people thought was going to be starting on opening day, and that is Chris Sale. But Chris Sale will not be the opening day starter, which that might be very surprising to a lot of people out there. Corey Kluber is getting the nod for opening day. So a lot of people are thinking, well, what's going on here? Chris Sale, this is our ace. This is our workhorse. This is our guy. Why is he not starting opening day? Well, Alex Cora uh, did touch on this and uh, he did give a comment. He actually said that he came up with this decision over a month ago. He said here, you can write that one down. He's not going to start opening day. I want him to enjoy opening day as a regular baseball player. Just the whole opening day thing, wherever he pitches in the rotation is where, is where he'll pitch in the rotation. Now, Chris Sale did actually give his own comments to The Athletic about this. And he says here, opening day is always a very special day. It's like Christmas for baseball players. But the last few I've been a part of, I wasn't playing. So it was like showing up on Christmas morning with no presents. It's still Christmas, but you're not doing a whole lot. I think Cora didn't want me to be overamped for it. And I think he truly just wants me to be able to soak in opening day, enjoy it, appreciate it for what it is, and not have to worry about getting ready for a start. It's a spectacle. It's an absolute circus the people the media coverage the flyover the anthem it's just everybody on the line players personnel the whole nine so uh, what are my thoughts on this uh I'm, I'm okay with it you know hey i in a way you know i appreciate that alex cora is looking at more of the person chris sale you know sure he fell off his bike last year his finger exploded at yankee stadium he's been through a lot he had the tommy john you know a few years ago but Chris Sale has been through a lot, and I appreciate that Cora is simply just looking at the human being instead of the picture. And, uh, you know, for Chris Sale, you know, this is, a, this is something he hasn't done for a long time. You know, go out there on opening day and just enjoy it, you know, just like they said. I think that's going to be a really good thing for him. I think the biggest goal for Chris Sale this year, you know, I, I'm not Chris Sale, obviously, but... If it were me, if I were Chris Sale and I was setting a goal, setting an expectation for myself for this year, I'm looking to start 30 games. I'm looking to get close, you know, 180, 200 innings pitch. That's my goal because I know if I hit those numbers, if I get through this whole season, you know, in a consistent fashion, no hiccups, no problems, you know, no nothing 
then you know the results are going to come because Chris Sale is still a very talented pitcher. And he's having himself a, a dandy of a spring as well. He has been looking really solid. A lot of smiles all the way around, too. It's not very often you see Chris Sale smile. And uh, for him to be smiling in, in spring training, I think that's a really good sign. I think he's, uh, he's at peace with how things have been going the last few years. And I think he's just ready to just go out there every fifth day and just pitch. You know, I, I think he's going to have himself a really good season, you know, barring any, you know, fluke kind of injuries. That's really what's been going on with him. Fluky kind of stuff. You know, the finger at Yankee Stadium falling off of his bike, you know, the rib injury or whatever the heck happened. He was ripping TVs off of walls or whatever with the woo socks. So Chris Sale, I think he's going to have himself a good year, man. You know, he's looking good. He's looking happy. And, you know, if we go back here to his numbers, his last good season was in 2018, that World Series championship winning team. He was so good that year. He did miss a few starts that year. But, my goodness, the numbers were absolutely off the charts. He had 13.5 strikeouts per nine, under two walks per nine, under a home run per nine, a 2.11 ERA, a 1.98 FIP, a 6.2 Fangraph war overall. Now, do I think he can get back to those numbers? I feel like if I were a betting man, if I'm laying money down on the table, I'm looking for Chris Sale. I honestly think he can have anywhere around like a five Fangraph war. I do think that is in the cards, you know, a four to a five. I think that is very possible for him. Uh, to me, if you got that at a Chris Sale, I, I really do think uh, that is a very successful season. Uh, the, the talent is still there. You know, last year in the five and two thirds innings that he did pitch, uh, he was averaging 95 miles an hour with the fastball. He still has the velocity. The slider is still looking rather crisp. He's been looking good this spring. So again, I'm not worried about Chris sale. You know, when it comes to a, a performance point of view, I'm just more, and even honestly, at this point, I'm not even really too worried about him from a health point of view. I'm just worried about, I'm not worried. I don't want to say that I'm more, Uh, I just want him to just focus on just being a happy Chris Sale, just having a fun year. And I think the Red Sox, hey, I'm going to talk more of my predictions for the Red Sox at some point down the road, but uh, I I think they're going to have a fun season. And I'm liking the way, you know, the team is vibing at the moment. Chris Sale, I'm not really too worried about him at the moment. Now, let's talk about the opening day starter, and that is Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber has also been looking really good for the Red Sox this spring. He's had four starts. He looked really good against the Rays the other day. Let's take a look at the stat line. He had five innings pitched, four hits, gave up a run. He struck out six. Uh, I am really liking how Corey Kluber's looking. Uh, To me, I thought this was the perfect addition for the Red Sox. I thought he was going to come to the Red Sox a couple of years ago. He went to the Yankees, and then last year he went to the Rays. And then finally, uh, coming to the Red Sox. He has a home in Massachusetts, so I thought this guy would have been with us you know, a few years ago. But here he is. Uh, to me, I thought this was a perfect signing because this is a guy who is a veteran guy. He's going to give you innings. You know, Sure, he was having some health issues not too long ago. Uh, you know, and, and with the Yankees, he was also having some stuff going on there. But last year, he did look really solid. He started 31 games, 164 innings pitched, a 4.34 ERA. Doesn't look amazing, but when you look at the FIP, a 3.57, that is really solid overall. Uh, 
to me, Corey Kluber, he doesn't have the velocity anymore, but what I really like about him is that he limits the hard hit balls. He doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. The guy barely walks anyone. He walked 3% of hitters last year. That is absolutely phenomenal. The guy's a, a strike-throwing machine. Now, in the second half last year, he did have some bumps. He had a 5.14 ERA in the second half. In the first half, he had a 3.73. Now, if I would take a look at the FIPS, his FIPS were actually pretty close to each other. Sure, the second half ERA for Corey Kluber was a little high, but his FIP in the second half was a 3.77, and his ex-FIP was a 3.94, compared to a 3.90 in the first half. I think Corey Kluber is going to be just fine. Uh, uh, to me, I think he's a perfect fit. The, the fact that the guy limits the hard contact, that's already going to work so well at Fenway Park. He's got a good defense behind him. I'm I'm very happy that Corey Kluber is in this rotation. And to me, uh, hey, I, I think he's a solid guy for opening day. I mean, who at the end of the day, who cares who's pitching opening day? That's my honest opinion on it. It doesn't really matter who starts opening day. What I care about is who is pitching the last game of your season, whatever that last game may end up being, you know, whether or not that's the end of the regular season, not making the playoffs, or the last game winning a World Series. That's what I care about at the end of the day. I don't care who's pitching the first game. I, I care about, you know, how you finish. That's what I'm looking at. So, Corey Kluber, to me, this is a guy, opening day, solid choice. And, you know, hey, for Corey Kluber, this guy's had a great career. I'm glad he's getting another opening day nod. I, th I think it's – I think, you know, people aren't really focusing on that too much with Corey Kluber. Hey, this guy's getting another opening day start. I think that's fantastic. You know, it's a bit of an honor in itself, and I like that Corey Kluber – this is a guy with the Indians not too long ago, was the best pitcher in baseball – I love that he's getting another opening day nod. I think that's pretty cool. So, Corey Kluber, I'm excited about him in this rotation. I could see him, you know, last year he had a 3.0 Fangraph war. I could see a 2.5 to a 3 again. I think he's just going to be a solid guy, just someone that's going to give you innings, give you starts. Uh, you know, he's going to make his he's going to make his turn every fifth day. I'm very happy about that. That's what I think the Red Sox need and hopefully good health stays with him. You know, he is 36 years old now. But uh, I think he's probably found a point now where he is able to manage himself and he's able to get through a full season. So uh, very happy he is with the Red Sox at this point. Speaking of consistency, let's talk Nick Pavetta. This is another guy who's going to give you a ton of innings, 33 starts last year. And actually, over the last couple of years, he has had uh, at least 30 starts in each of the seasons. He had 30 starts in 21 and 33 starts last year. He has pitched at least 150 innings over the last two seasons. Now, Nick Pavetta, this is a guy who, sure, he looked like an ace at times last year. He, he really did. This guy was phenomenal in May and June. If you remember those runs that he was on during those couple of months, the guy was just on top of his game to the point where people were looking at him as an all-star. I thought there was an argument where he could have been an all-star. He had a really bad start to last year. The first few starts that he had, he was getting knocked around, but then he got on track, and then he kind of fell apart again. He had a rough month in July. August, he was okay, you know, but the last month, he got hit around a little bit more. So my big goal you know, for Pavetta this year is just more consistency, You know, not so many highs and lows. I just want smooth sailing. For Nick Pavetta. Overall, the numbers weren't atrocious. Uh, he had a 4.56 ERA last year, had a 4.42 FIP. Um, but again, he got really knocked around in the month of July. He had an ERA over nine in that month. So 
Again, I think just more consistency out of him, I think is going to go a long way. In the end, I think Pavetta, to me, I think he's a great guy to have for the rotation. I think I look at him as more of a four in a rotation, but that's not a bad thing. I think if you have a number four starter that's giving you 30 starts in a year, I think that's really good, honestly. So uh, Nick Pavetta, I just need a little bit more consistency out of him this year. Now, let's talk a little Garrett Whitlock. You want to talk consistency, let's talk Garrett Whitlock. Now, uh, you can look at it uh, from a couple of different point of views from last year when it comes to consistency with him. You can look at it uh, going back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen and his health as well. I, I could say last year was a very inconsistent year for Garrett Whitlock, you know, just in a different way from Pavetta. Whitlock has the performance. The guy's numbers are great, you know, but it's the problem with him was where was this guy going to be? Was he going to be in the rotation? Was he going to be in the bullpen? What was this guy doing? And uh, he had 31 games last year. He had nine starts, 78 and a third innings pitch. He had a 3.45 ERA and a 3.29 FIP, around nine and a half strikeouts per nine, under two walks per nine, around a home run per nine. Velocity on average still looked pretty good at 96 miles an hour. Garrett Whitlock has all the potential in the world to be a very, very good pitcher. At one point, I thought this guy was our closer for the long term. I thought, all right, we have found our guy. Our, we have found our closer. This is our guy, but he wants to start. The Red Sox view him as a starter. And, uh, you know, the one problem I had with uh, with Garrett Whitlock last year is I just felt like he wasn't able to go very deep into games. He had a couple of six-inning outings. You know, if you go back to May 27th and June 1st, he had back-to-back six-inning outings. But there were a lot of times where he was only throwing three innings, five innings, four innings. You know, I need him to go deeper into these games. If he can give you five, six, seven innings every start, that is going to be a really good Garrett Whitlock. So, uh, and another thing with him was the health. His season got cut short last year because of the hip. Uh, He did have hip surgery in the offseason, and uh, everything is looking pretty good. He actually just made his first uh, bit of action this spring, uh, throwing against the Rays after Corey Kluber did. He threw a couple of innings, looked really good. Uh, He actually had some comments here uh, where he says here, another step in the right direction. It felt good. It was fun getting out there and trying to be quick. So uh, if we go back to that outing, he threw two innings. He did not give up a hit. He walked one and he struck out three. So uh, very solid work from Garrett Whitlock. To me, if Garrett Whitlock can just go a little deeper into games, I think this guy, he has the potential in my personal opinion to be a really good two or a three in a rotation. Again, I just need him to go deeper into these games. And when I'm talking about, you know, being able to go deep into games, you know, I think that really comes down to what is your pitch mix? You know, what is your repertoire? When you look at Garrett Whitlock, you know, last year he threw a sinking fastball 62% of the time. He threw a change up 20% of the time and he threw a slider 18% of the time. Now, I think with him, you know, could he add possibly another pitch at some point? Uh, You know, could he mix in a four-seamer as well along with the sinker? You know, I I think that could go a long way, you know, kind of mix it up. And I think that could help him get deeper into the games where hitters aren't really figuring him out so quickly. I think that would really go a long way. But for me, I think the biggest thing right now, you know, could that be something he maybe works on next year? Sure. I think right now, I think it's just about building up the innings, you know, having the good health, building that consistency. I think that's the big thing right now with Garrett Whitlock. But uh, to me, it's uh, very nice to see him, you know, pitching. You know, he ha- he got pushed back a little bit this spring. Um, 
you know, but overall look good against the Rays. I'm excited to see what he can do this coming season. Now, if we're talking about uh, another young guy, like Garrett Whitlock, he's getting close to 27 now. And uh, I think he has a ton of potential, but when you're talking potential, I'm looking at Brian Bayo, man, Brian Bayo, this is the guy. I don't think he's going to be, a, you know, uh, another Pedro Martinez, but he shows glimpses of Pedro. Really does. The changeup is electric. No one will ever have a, 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 as an electric of a changeup as Pedro Martinez did. But Brian Bayo sometimes th- shows little flashes of it, you know. And uh, again, I'm not comparing him to Pedro Martinez. That's a very unfair comparison. But hey, I'm just saying, I loved me some Pedro back in the day. And uh, it's not very often where you see a guy that gives you a little glimpse of him. So he did come up for a cup of coffee last year, a pretty good sized cup of coffee. He had 13 games. He had 11 starts down the stretch, 57 and a third innings pitch. The ERA doesn't look good, a 4.71 ERA, but the FIP was a 2.94. The, 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 the quality of contact that he was giving up, it was very good. He wasn't giving up really any hard hit balls a lot, you know, and when you're looking at projections, when you're looking at future statistics, those tend to go more in those pictures favor where Eduardo Rodriguez was another guy like that, where his ERA was high a couple of years ago with the Red Sox, but the advanced numbers were really good. Uh, and Brian Bayo, it's very similar with him. You know, this is a guy with good velocity, a good slider. Like I mentioned, the change up very good. Um, but this is a guy, man, where he's got a four pitch mix. This guy could be special, and I think if you can get him into this rotation for a full season, he might start the season, probably not might at this point. I think it's pretty uh, certain that he will uh, start the season a little bit late. He was having some forearm issues that the Red Sox were very cautious about uh, early on in spring, but uh, he is starting to get back out there. Uh, He threw in a minor league game uh, this past week, threw a couple of innings there, and he's supposed to be making – his first start uh, either this coming Sunday, March 19th, or the Monday, March 20th. So again, he threw uh, a couple of innings facing hitters for the first time this spring. He threw 17 pitches, and uh, I guess everything looked pretty good. So uh, in the end, you know, Brian Bayo, we all know the we all know the potential with him. I, I mean, the guy has all the potential in the world, and it would be really fun to see him in this rotation. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, I think he gave a lot of excitement last year. And, uh, to me, I think, uh, Hey, I'm excited to see what he can do in 2023. I think, uh, he could be a rookie of the year candidate. You know, it's, it's, I think it's tough for pictures to get rookie of the year. You know, for pictures, the, the problem is, you know, we had this, you know, debate last year with Spencer Strider and Michael Harris. The difference with those two guys is Spencer Strider looked so good, but Michael Harris was just playing more often and he was contributing at such a high level where Spencer Strider was on a completely, you know, his, the my goodness, what he was doing was crazy. But Michael Harris just simply had more uh, of, a, of a sample size to work with. Brian Bayo, I wonder if he will end up having enough of, of, of a sample size to uh, or enough of a workload, you know, to win rookie of the year. I think that's possible with the stuff that he has. I, I think absolutely he could win it. 
Uh, I think he, he could at least be in the running for it. But to me, what I'm what I like about Brian Bayo in this rotation is that you just got a young guy with potential for once. I feel like it's been forever that the Red Sox have had a young starting pitcher that could actually contribute you know, to a rotation. The last guy that I can think of is John Lester. You know, you have Clay Buckles as well. So it's nice to see that the Red Sox have a top guy that, you know, is going into this rotation. I'm hoping, you know, it, I'm hoping for at least 25 starts out of Brian Bayo this year. Sure, you're going to have some growing pains. That's going to happen with a young guy at 23 years old. He's almost 24. But uh, you will see some growing pains, I think. We did see them last year. But I thought it was really important for him to get those 11 starts last year to kind of just get a feel for everything, kind of get used to the energy at Fenway Park. You know, you, can, you remember that first start that he had at Fenway. The, the, the electricity was there. You could feel it. And uh, he got knocked around a little bit. But I think Bayo, I think now that he's gotten his feet wet a little bit, I think he could have himself a very, very good season. Now, uh, if we go take a look here at the next guy up, let's talk a little Tanner Houck. Okay, Tanner Houck. I see him at this point being more in the bullpen, but as of right now, he is projected to be in this Red Sox rotation, at least at the start of the year. If we go take a look at the current rotation as it is, uh, right now, Fangraphs is looking at Corey Kluber for opening day, Chris Sale at number two, Nick Pavetta at number three, and they have Tanner Houck at number four, and then uh, Cutter Crawford at number five. I think Tanner Haug, this is a guy that's going to be kind of your utility knife. I think he's going to bounce back and forth. I think he, he will get spot starts along the way. Uh, he's going to be your guy that comes out of the bullpen for a few innings. You know, if a guy gets knocked around or a guy has to come out of the game a little bit early or, you know, a spot start. I think that's what Tanner Hauk is going to be. The problem with Tanner Hauk is that he can never just really go deep into games. He just, he lacks the command to really go deeper into those games. I don't think he throws enough strikes. And I think hitters, uh, they tend to pick up on him pretty quickly but the guy is really good stuff and in that kind of a role out of the bullpen where you're coming in for a few innings you know we saw it in the playoffs you know a couple of years ago against the Rays how good he looked you know coming out of that bullpen uh I think Hauk man you know I don't think you're going to see a lot of him in the rotation but he'll be that spot starter kind of a guy but either way you know get uh, talking about young guys here Tanner Hauk hey 26 years old I think he could have himself a you know a, a good year out of this bullpen I think he just needs to know what is his role? And it seems like at this point, it is more of a bullpen role that tends to feel the best with him. But uh, I, I would expect more bullpen work out of him this coming year. Now, another question mark is James Paxton. Now, James Paxton actually had a start uh, against the Twins early on in the spring and then another flare up with James Paxton and uh, tweaking the hamstring a little bit. He went one and two thirds innings. He was looking really good. He retired all five batters he faced. He got a strikeout and then he tweaked his hamstring and we haven't really seen uh, much more of him, you know, since then, but the Red Sox, they're just trying to get this guy to the season. They're just trying to get some innings out of this guy. So I definitely think they're going to baby it a little bit. So uh, Alex Cora did have some word on it. Um, he said, uh, I, I think obviously with him, we've got to be very careful. It's a shame because he was throwing the heck out of the ball. His location was great. Velocity was up. And then that happened. Hopefully it's nothing. And we can just continue 
to move on. Now, with the hamstring, the last thing that we've heard was actually a report out today, uh, according to Jen McCaffrey of The Athletic, uh, saying that he's going to be continuing to undergo you know, testing on the hamstring. So no word yet on kind of what the status is with him. Uh, but hey, you know, James Paxton, it's kind of hard to really say, you know, what you're going to get out of him because, you know, it's it's always something with him. It's the back or it's the lat or it's his arm or now it's the hamstring. So, you know, I'm my hope for James Paxton, if I were to give him a goal for this year, I'm hoping at least 20 starts. Uh, I'm hoping that might be a bit of a pipe dream with James Paxson. But if you can get at least 20 starts out of the guy, I think that is a successful year for someone like James Paxson. But what I like about the idea of him in this rotation is, you know, you have Chris Sale as a lefty, but as of right now, you don't have any other lefties. I would like another lefty. I'm one of those guys where I like balance, you know. I like having, you know, a few righties, a couple of lefties. Uh, Paxton would be awesome for this rotation, you know, a veteran guy. But that's why it is important to have these other guys like Tanner Houck, you know, like a young Brian Bayo coming up, you know, uh, like Garrett Whitlock as well. That's why it's important for those guys to be here because someone like Paxton, if you can just have the insurance, right, then, you know, Paxton, you know, whatever you can get out of him, that could go a long way. You know, even if you get like, you know, let's say 15 starts and then you, let's say the Red Sox can make the postseason. I know a lot of people might be laughing at that kind of a statement, but uh, let's say the Red Sox do make the postseason and then Paxton, you know, he can end up maybe contributing, you know, to some postseason baseball, you know, maybe coming out of the bullpen or something like that, maybe a spot start. Uh, to me, that's what a, my goal for James Paxton is, is just – Get whatever you can out of this guy. You know, 10, 15 starts, I would hope is doable. 20 starts right now would be a pipe dream. But luckily, it was the hamstring. I'll, I'll say that. Luckily, it was just that. And it wasn't anything with his arm. It wasn't anything with his back. So, James Paxson, I'm just hoping for some health. Fangraphs, they do have some projections for him. They're uh, looking at 35 games, 23 starts, 133 innings, 4.16 ERA, a 3.98 FIP. I think those numbers are, are doable. You know, it's just a matter of, is he going to be able to hold up? Now, I just mentioned, you know, a couple of young guys talking about Brian Bayo, Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck. Another young guy I want you to keep your eye out for is Brian Mata. I think Brian Mata could have an impact on this team this year. This guy has got some good stuff. And let me actually go pull up some numbers here with Brian Mata. He has been looking pretty good so far this spring. And as of right now, uh, he is, remember Brian Mata, he was, uh, you know, a top prospect for the Red Sox at one point. Remember he had to get Tommy John, ended up, you know, kind of going away for a little while. But Brian Mata, as of right now on MLB Pipeline, is the number seven prospect. And uh, so far in this spring, he's pitched in four games. Uh, he's pitched in relief roles. He did get sent down uh, back to the minor league camp. So we will see him start the year in AAA, which I think is completely okay. But in four games this spring, he pitched seven innings, struck out six, did not give up a run. I think Brian Mata, man, his stuff has been looking really good. And Alex Cora, he's been seeing this as well, man. If we go take a look, Garrett Whitlock – or Garrett, what the heck am I saying? Brian Mata – uh, according to Alex Cora, has been looking really good. The ability is there. This is where we are at now. You start talking about these kids, Bayo and Mata and Whitlock and Tanner. You see it coming. At one point, Mata is going to be part of this and he's going to be able to help us win a few 
games. Those are big words coming from Alex Cora. Alex Cora is not going to just throw around throw around words like that. You know, if he's going to say something like that, he is going to absolutely mean it. Alex Cora has a good eye for talent. And uh, if he sees a guy out there, you know, who's throwing with good stuff and he's handling major league hitters, you know, Cora, if he's saying words like these, I absolutely think Mata is going to be up at some point. And I'm excited about it, man. He's got some good stuff. He's got a big fastball. Uh, he's got a good changeup as well. Has a slider and a curveball mix in there as well. But I would not be unhappy at all for him to just get some more time at AAA. Remember, he came back last year, had to work his way up through the minors yet again. He was an A ball for a start. He threw a couple innings. Then he went to high A, had a few starts there. And then oh, those are more like, uh, like kind of rehab assignments. But then he went back to AA. He had nine starts there, 10 games overall he had a 1.85 ERA over those 10 games in 48 and two-thirds innings pitched uh and then at triple a he had five games he had 23 and one-third innings pitched a 3.47 ERA uh he had right around 11 and a half strikeouts per nine during those five starts the one problem with Mata last year it was the command. You know, to me, I think that could be a bit of a rust thing. He hasn't always been the best with his command. Right now, Fangraphs gives him a grade of 40. Could be a 50 at some point down the road. But I do think that is something he needs to work on in the minors a little bit just to kind of clean up his game a little bit. You know, if we're taking a look at the spring training stats, uh, taking a look here, again, I pulled up the the seven innings and six strikeouts but uh, that sure that looks good but I just want him to be focusing on the command that to me if he can clean up that part of his game because if he doesn't have that in the majors he's gonna he's gonna have trouble because these guys up in the majors man they're just so disciplined up here and uh Brian Mata I think if he gets that part of his, his game cleaned up I think the sky's the limit for the guy and with that big fastball Absolutely, this guy can contribute to this rotation or at least a bullpen role. I'm excited to see what Brian Mata can do. I'm glad to see his name start to pop up a little bit. Uh, speaking of other prospects, there's another guy here. Brian Mata is number seven, and I'm also looking at the number eight guy, Brandon Walter. Uh, Brandon Walter, this is a guy who shot up through the minors last year. Uh, he actually was looking really good at one point. When he got to AAA, he got knocked around in a couple of starts, but in double A last year, he was looking really good. Nine starts. He had 50 innings pitched. He had 12 strikeouts per nine and half a walk per nine. That is nuts. He barely walks, guys. A 2.88 ERA during that time, a 2.73 FIP. Uh, really good numbers at double A, but then he got to triple A. He started getting knocked around a little bit. The ERA, I mean, when you only got two starts, I mean, ERA can definitely look inflated. It was an 8.22, but the FIP was a 3.64. So I think, you know, kind of similar with, with Mata. You know, Walter is a guy I think you could see at some point this year. You know, maybe get a spot start, maybe come in, you know, maybe for the, a bullpen roll or something down the road. But he has good stuff, man. A good fastball. He's got a good slider. Pretty solid changeup. Uh, the command, you know, he really showed good command last year in the minor leagues. And he's actually shown it in the minors. Last year in AAA, though, he, wa he did walk a few guys in those seven and two-thirds innings. So... Uh, I think Walter, it's just a matter of getting his reps in, you know, getting his starts in. Uh, I think there could be a lot to like with Brandon Walter down the road. And I think you could see him a, a little bit this year, maybe get a couple of spot starts. So 
when it comes to other guys, there's another guy I want to, uh, Red Sox fans, I want to keep an eye out for, and that's Matt Dermody. He's a, a veteran guy. He's been like a, a career minor leaguer for the most part. He has been in the majors at different points in his career. He's been with the Blue Jays. He's been with the Cubs, but he's been in the minors a lot. And now the Red Sox signed him uh, this past year. He was a non-roster invite, and he actually did look pretty good this spring. He had four games, uh, four uh, four games total, and he started one. He had eight and a third innings pitch, and he struck out 10. So Matt Dermody, there was something that the Red Sox saw with him, and uh, this is a guy who has a pretty decent mix of pitches. He's got a fastball. He's got a slider. He's got a changeup. He's got a sinker. He's got a cutter. Uh, hey, if the Red Sox can figure something out with him, you know, this could be like kind of one of those diamonds in the rough kind of guys that they just find and they can work with him. You know, I, I think keep an eye out for him. I think this is a guy who definitely could see some time in the majors, you know, kind of like someone like we saw last year uh, with Cutter Crawford, who is right now uh, projected to be the number five guy. Uh, Cutter Crawford, at least to start the season, uh, you know, you get a couple of guys that are a little behind in spring, but Cutter Crawford, he started 12 games last year. Uh, 21 games overall. He had 77 and a third innings pitch. He had a 5.47 ERA, uh, but he had a 4.34 FIP. That's around league average. So Cutter Crawford, you know, funny enough, I actually saw Cutter Crawford's debut against the Rangers a couple of years ago, uh, and he got knocked around quite, or was it the Rangers or was it the, was it the Indians at the time? I can't remember, but I did see his debut and, uh, he, he's a guy that he, again, he has a lot of pictures that he works with. That's what kind of reminds me of the Matt, when we're looking at Matt Dermody. You know, Cutter Crawford has a lot of pictures that he can throw as well. But, uh, you know, Cutter Crawford, I think this is a guy, he's going to bounce in and out of the rotation. But I would say overall, last year, you know, this is really like his first year of Major League Ball. He was getting around nine strikeouts per nine. You know, he had a few walks per nine. There were a couple of starts last year where he did look pretty good. I think Crawford at this point, uh, he's a guy he's going to give you some innings. He's going to give you some spot starts along the way. So, uh, you know, 26 years old. Hey, you know what? Hey, I think there's a lot, there's a lot more room to grow with this kind of a guy. So don't be surprised to see him getting some spot starts along the way, especially, you know, with some of the question marks that are in this rotation, uh, would not be surprised at all to see Crawford be contributing to this rotation. But, uh, everyone, I think I've pretty much given all of my thoughts here, on this Red Sox rotation overall, you know, just to give my final thoughts, uh, this Red Sox rotation, I think there is a high ceiling for it right now. There's this, there's question marks. You're not really sure what this rotation is going to be. Uh, I think this could be a really good rotation. I think it honestly, I think it has the potential to be a top 10, uh, pitch, uh starting pitching staff in the major leagues. You know, could it be a top five? I don't know. That might be a bit of a stretch, but I, I think, if everything comes together, guys are healthy and guys are on top of their game. Chris Sale back to ace form. Kluber, uh, Pavetta giving you solid innings, you know, in the middle of that rotation. Young guys stepping up at the back end of the rotation. Guys like Brian Mata, you know, maybe Walter at some point coming in, you know, giving some really good spot starts, maybe even contributing uh, out of the bullpen a little bit. I think this Red Sox rotation could be really good. Uh, I would probably lean more towards, I think there's more potential for them to be a top 10, but uh, then a top five, I don't know. That, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I think they have potential to be top 10 overall. Uh, but let me know your thoughts down below 
in the comments if you're watching this on youtube i'm very intrigued to think or to see what you all think and if you are listening to this wherever you listen to your favorite podcast uh, i want to thank you for joining in thank you for listening to what my dope self has to say and uh, everyone if you can if you are with me here on youtube please hit that like button for me if you are new think about subscribing to the channel we're trying to get to 30k by opening day and if you are with me here on a podcast or on a podcast platform if you can please give a five-star review that would really go a long way to help get this podcast out into the algorithm a little bit more everyone i want to thank you so much uh for joining me here for episode 30 talking about the red sox starting pitching uh next episode we're gonna dive into the bullpen and then uh probably the episode after that we're gonna talk the prospects and then i'll go over uh my I would say my predictions for the Red Sox this coming season. So really be on the lookout over the next couple of weeks. We've got opening day fast approaching. But everyone, uh, I want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, as always, have yourself a great day. If you are listening to this in the morning, uh, have yourself a good rest of your day wherever you are. But everyone, I will talk to you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.